Welcome back in. I'm guessing that this is uh, episode four of the Sports Buzz podcast. Dave Baker here, production of WKYT. Just uh, honored and pleased to be joined by the newest member of the WKYT sports department, young Alex Walker. Alex, welcome in. This is your this is your initial appearance on the podcast, right? Yes, it is. And my first taste of Lexington in March, which is a different animal. I love it. And for, for people that have seen you on the air but may not know you, before we get going, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. Grew up in uh, Pennsylvania my whole life. Went to Penn State, you know, covered Nittany Lions sports for four years. After graduation, moved to Iowa for two years, moved to North Carolina for two years, and now I'm in Kentucky. So I've kind of bounced around a little bit and, sure. and covered all kinds of different things. I'm excited to cover UK now. Okay, so what is the thing that surprised you the most since you've been here in Lexington? I knew how intense UK fans were, but I didn't quite realize how intense they were until I moved here. I mean, if you even think about getting a fact wrong or a player wrong, <laughs> they'll let you know, which I like, because right. you can tell they're passionate about it. So it's been fun to, to be in the thick of, of basketball country. I really enjoyed that. Okay, so uh, we are here today to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with the NCAA tournament and what is happening there in the first weekend. We were last together on Sunday night for the uh, Selection Sunday show. So first of all, uh, your thoughts on the fabulous Selection Sunday show. It was cool. It was very neat, uh, especially to be with you and Brian Milam and Lee K. Howard we all have very different opinions, I think, about who's right. going to advance, too. And this is one of the first brackets in a while where I've kind of I, – I don't really know what's going to happen. A lot of times you can see a couple dominant teams, but this year it's, it's pretty wide open, which is going to make for a fun march. Okay. Overall, from the standpoint of the brackets and everything, do you think it was a, a fair um, – uh, what, what kind of job would you say that the committee did? Just in general? Yes, in general. First of all, I think the fact that they had it expedited was wonderful. Last year they had the you know the alphabetical. It's nice to have the the brackets re- released as quickly as they did. I thought they did a good, they did a good job and they explained certain things well. I think a lot of people were wondering about the the Michigan State win and how that impacted Kentucky in their selection chair. Explained it. Michigan State beat Michigan and they jumped Kentucky because of it. At least they take these questions head on instead of just trying to skirt around the issue. Right. And and I think now that that's that's happened that uh, you know that that's happened in the past that they have taken the attitude that you just can't fool people anymore. People are going to ask questions. People people are smart. You know, sports fans are educated, and and they're gonna they're gonna want to know why certain decisions were made. The, the more transparency, the better, and and that way you have kind of more trust in the decision makers that that make these choices in March. Okay, specifically, uh, Kentucky and their draw in the Midwest. If you're John Calipari, you got to be pleased. Uh, there, there's a lot of challenging draws, included with Kentucky, but I think the catch should be pretty pleased. And, you know, they'll blow past Abilene Christian in the second round. They have the chance to exact some revenge against Seton Hall. Or if Wofford wins, they'll get to play one of the most underrated teams in the country. This Wofford Terrier team's got a guy named Fletcher McGee that's sensational. They almost beat North Carolina in the season opener, almost won at Mississippi State. They're battle-tested. They're a veteran group, and they'll certainly challenge UK if they get the chance. But outside of that, I mean, would love to see the UNC rematch in Kansas City if it gets to that point. Iowa State, though, very hot. Houston's got Kelvin Sampson. So there's certainly some teams there that will challenge UK. It's not going to be an easy path, but I think John Calipari has to like the path he has. Alex Walker is here with us on the Sports Buzz podcast as 
we get you set for a great weekend of basketball. Remember, WKYT is the home uh, for March Madness, the official home of the Cats, and the home for the Final Four and the National Championship game. So I, I would have agreed with everything that you said uh, about Kentucky uh, when we talked about it on Sunday night. But on Sunday night, we didn't know about this hiccup with P.J. Washington. We understand from Cal today uh, that he suffered a sprained foot against Tennessee. I st unless you heard something I didn't, I still don't think we know which foot it was. We don't know which foot, and we don't know when in the game it happened. Because there was Sorry, that was me that did that. Drop my mic. Technical difficulties. No, you didn't drop it. I kicked it out of, your, <laughs> out of your sprocket. Hey, we're back in the fold. Uh, no, as far as we know, uh, we don't know what foot, and we also don't know when in the game it happened. It just because during the game there wasn't a moment where you thought, "Oh, PJ looks a little right. lo looks a little off." So that kind of tells me it's not as major as people are sometimes questioning this thing. But yeah, foot X-rays are negative. You went to a specialist, and he's now joined the team though in Jacksonville. And Cal said the reason he had him go to the specialist was out of an abundance of caution. Sure, yep. wanted to make sure that they they saw exactly what was going on. But let's just say. It, it is affecting him more than we realize. And Calipari did say uh, that he expected him to play. Uh, it, it, whether he plays or not, certainly obvious. It's, a, it's an impact if he doesn't play. But if he plays and he's not himself, it would seem like it's not that big a deal in terms of game one, but it certainly could be a big deal uh, when they move on to the second round and either get that Wofford team you were talking about or a Seton Hall team that already has a victory over him this year. And I think the, the the big factor in this, I think Cal is a little more relieved in the fact that Reed Travis got those crucial right. minutes in Nashville. If he didn't get that playing time, then it presents some more questions. But Reed kind of shook off the rust. And if Reed needs to get more action in minutes, that helps. But, yeah, down the road, Iowa State's long. Seton Hall is long. So that could present some problems. But, um, you know, we, we really don't know until – until they're tested with a challenge. And they're not going to be tested by Abilene Christian. But Wofford and Seton Hall are two teams that have beaten some really quality opponents this year. So no matter who they play on Saturday, if they advance, we'll see how P.J. holds up. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a look at, at the rest of that Kentucky bracket. And obviously uh, the Cats, the number two seed, North Carolina team, they've already gotten a win over the number one seed. And that was a fun game back in December mm -hmm. in Chicago. And two teams at that point that are greatly improved in March. I think both of them are playing better than they did. Abs absolutely. It was a competitive game, but both teams have taken a lot of strides, especially North Carolina in conference play and the ACC beating Duke twice without Zion, almost beating him once with Zion. So UNC under Roy Williams, they've got Luke May. He seems like he's been there forever, right? Six, yeah, seven sure. years. Uh, Kenny Williams, they've got a lot of, they got a Kobe White, a freshman guard that's explosive. So that's, that played awful. If you remember that game, that was kind of the Ashton Hagen's breakout right, game, right. locking down Kobe White. Kobe White has grown a lot, so that'll certainly be a challenging test if it gets to that point in KC. But you look at some other teams in there that could present some problems. I'm really looking forward to that Auburn-New Mexico State game. Everyone knows Auburn shoots the threes. If you don't know much about New Mexico State, they also rank in the top five in the country in right. attempted threes. So if you want appointment television, watch that game. It'll be probably in the 80s, and that'll be a lot of fun to watch. I, I think that's, that's an excellent one to keep an eye on as well. Uh, the team I'm kind of looking at besides Kentucky in that bottom half is Iowa State. Yep. A guy named Steve Prohm, who used to be the head coach at uh, Murray State, yep. has done a great job there. Uh, David Hobbs, who was a Tubby Smith assistant here, 
is kind of like Steve's uh, John Robick in terms of a special assistant to the head coach. Uh, but, but they can get it up and down the court, and they can create enough offense to cause a problem. And I moved to North Carolina from Sioux City, Iowa. Ah. And so I, I got to cover Steve Prohm a little bit while I was there. And they love him out there. He does a great job. And this is an Iowa State team that entering the Big 12 tournament, they were in shambles. They had a mm-hmm. losing streak out of nowhere. But then they kind of recollected themselves, made that run in Kansas City, and got it done. And I think that familiarity with Kansas City, if they get to that point, that's, that certainly helps. Sure. And Iowa State fans, man, and they will when it's in Kansas crowd, City, yes. they are there. Have you seen some pictures from the, of the pep rallies in, in Kansas City from the Big 12 tournament? They travel well, so that could be a really challenging test if, if Steve Prohm and those guys get there. I agree. That's a great point. All right, let's go up top uh, above Kentucky in the Midwest and go to the South region. Virginia, the one. Tennessee is the two, Purdue is the three, Kansas State is the four. Virginia's redemption tour, right? I mean, after after that shocker last year to UMBC. Hoping. That's yeah. what they're hoping, right? Uh, the Gardner-Webb uh, running Bulldogs, I believe what they're called, out of North Carolina, uh, not as talented as UMBC was. They'll win that game. But you look at Virginia, I expect them to go to at least the Elite Eight. Wisconsin... Oregon, Ole Miss, some good teams, some good coaches, but I don't think they have enough firepower to deal with what Virginia has with DeAndre Hunter and those guys. I, I see in your bracket, you have Kansas State well, advancing pretty far. That, that, that's a Sunday game, and I forgot that the Kansas State, you know, best player yeah, was D- out. Dean Wade's not Dean playing. Dean Wade is not playing, so I will have to adjust that before okay. I turn in the official one. Fair but, enough. But if Dean Wade was playing. They could make a run. I mean, Kansas State, I believe they're the Big 12 co-champs with mm-hmm. Texas Tech, and uh, Bruce Martin does a great job. Uh, Bruce Weber, pardon me, at Kansas State. Uh, outside of that, Villanova's a defending champs until they get knocked off. Uh, they're not as good as they have been in years past. But, but they're but, still but, scary. They are so they, well they coached. Are, they and, are. And most people have a tendency to overlook them, even though they're trying to win for what? And don't do that. Career? And they, got, they also got the best-dressed coach in college basketball. Oh, there you go. So never bet against, against a coach that dresses well. Purdue, uh, looking across the brackets, for some reason, people have ODU as a big upset pick there against Purdue. Purdue as a top four seed, I saw a stat, has never lost ever as a top four seed. Right. Why would it start now? I mean, Purdue's got some veteran players. I don't see any problems there. I have Virginia, Wisconsin, Villanova, Tennessee, and then Tennessee playing Virginia into that regional in Louisville for the chance to go to the Final Four. Tennessee's red hot. They have experience. Rick Barnes is one of the best coaches in the country. Uh, Virginia also is one of the best coaches in the country. So I would love to see that Virginia slow it down, lock you down defensively versus a Tennessee team that, that also likes to body you but has some really impressive offensive players as well. They, they were red hot until they ran into Auburn twice in the last <laughs> week of the season. Now, now yep. because of that, I'm telling you, I think as up and down as Tennessee has been late, I think they are going to have their hands full. I think that Cincinnati gets past Iowa, and then I think a Cincinnati-Tennessee game would be – just a whale of a basketball game. A Cincinnati-Tennessee game in Columbus. And uh, I don't know how that's going to affect the crowds. Cincinnati will be there, but Tennessee, this is one of the most historic seasons they've ever had. They'll be there. There'll, there'll be more people rooting for Tennessee than there will be Cincinnati <laughs> because Cincinnati and Ohio State have got this thing going where they don't play each other. Mm-hmm. And so they, they there's no love there. You know, it's, No love lost in Columbus. Right, and, right. and if you saw uh, – I'm blanking on uh, Mick Cronin's comments about playing in Columbus. You could tell he was kind of taking jabs at Ohio State. Oh, no, that that's, w- a re- that's the reason he was doing it. Without saying their name, but that was pretty funny. I mean, I don't want to go this far, but if, if Cincinnati was playing in Columbus 
against Russia. Yeah. The home crowd might very well in Columbus go for Russia. That's a good point. I, I think I think you're spot on there too. I, I <laughs> okay, uh, let's head over to the east now, and uh, that's where we find the Dukies, uh, the clear number one. Michigan mm-hmm. State was supposedly the number one, number two, but they still get somehow paired with Duke. Yep. Uh, LSU, we know about their troubles there. The three and Virginia Tech is the four. Michigan State. And Tom Izzo spoke after beating Michigan in the Big Ten title game. He seemed a little peeved, a little ticked off that yep. that was kind of the, the way it was done. It uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense that Michigan State was placed there. But Michigan State's draw, pretty favorable. Uh, if Louisville gets past Minnesota, it'll be a rematch from earlier in the season. Louisville actually beat Michigan State. I don't think Michigan State loses twice to the cards. LSU, they're kind of one of those teams in there. They were so impressive during the regular season. But – People, you know, sometimes people don't realize how much those off-court distractions really impact a locker room. If, will LSU come together, or will they break apart come tournament time? They're a one-and-done in the SEC tournament. Will they bounce back and get it done in the NCAA tournament? We'll see. They'll play Yale and then either Belmont or Maryland. We'd love to see LSU-Michigan State in that Sweet 16 game. Outside of that, what I'm worried about, I have Duke going to the championship game. Okay. But – Duke's Achilles' heel has been their three-point shooting. If you watch that Florida State or, or game, their lack of three-point and the shooting. ACC title game, I mean they were they weren't just missing threes; right. they were bricking threes all game. So they get in a situation where they're against a veteran group like a Michigan State. It, we haven't quite seen those freshmen really, really rise to a challenge to the point where I think they can can beat a team like that. We'll see. Well, here's the other thing, too, as you talk about that LSU stuff. I, I mean, it's not – you know, you had Devontae Smart, yep. who obviously talked and cooperated with university and NCA officials. So you got to wonder whether he's getting kind of the, you know, the weird eye from teammates. And, and the guy who is the interim head coach, I mean, he gets teed up down the stretch <laughs> in the SEC tournament yep. and did not manage that situation well at all. So, you know, are those guys saying, oh, my gosh, we ain't got our guy here. You know, can this fella uh, get us through? And there there was some conversation today. um, I I follow some sports reporters down in Baton Rouge. They were saying that the players are still having text conversations very actively with Will Wade to get the game plan, get his thoughts. And and he's going to be still heavily involved in the process. He won't be there, obviously, but – I think we'll know pretty pretty soon in that Yale game, if not that, that second round, if LSU is rattled or not. Because they were one of those teams people looked at and said, LSU is going to eventually fold out of the SEC race, right? And they never backed down. They never bowed out, beating Kentucky, beating Tennessee down the stretch. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. But, they, dude, he can't really do that, right? That's what I thought, right? I, I mean, I But don't... they were saying that they, the players said – They've been talking with Will Wade. And then one of the reporters, I think it was Gary Parrish with CBS Sports, was saying, so can, can Yale, like, wiretap that, too, to, like, get the game plan as <laughs> right, well? Like, right. how does that – it's a very strange dynamic, and there's a lot of gray, gray area there. It's I really going to be interesting to yeah. see what happens. Let's go ahead and take a look at the final region of the West. Gonzaga the one, Michigan the two, uh, Texas Tech is the three, Florida State the four. I think this is the most wide-open region of the four – and I say this because there's a lot of – this is kind of – if I think there's going to be a dark horse candidate to come out, it'll be out of the West. Candidates, Buffalo is a veteran group. Yep. They obviously beat Arizona last year, and that was kind of right. their coming out party. They're a lot better this year. They didn't lose much, and they're a really impressive group of guys. 
You look at Nevada, they made that Cinderella run last year. They had those twins that are really impressive. Texas Tech has arguably the best defense in the country. So how far can that carry them? Chris Beard's done an excellent job with the Red Raiders. Of course, you got John Morant and Murray State. Can they be that Cinderella team to make a run? Um, I actually have Florida State coming out of the top there. Uh, they looked really good in the ACC tournament all year. They've looked good. Leonard Hamilton's one of the best coaches in the country. Uh, John Beeline always seems to have Michigan rolling come March. Um, so I have Michigan actually playing Florida State in the Elite Eight. Michigan coming out of there. I'm not sold on Gonzaga yet. No. And and Leonard Hamilton uh, has some of the best genes uh, <laughs> in a tournament. I yes, mean, he does. Leonard is 70 years old, and he looks, looks like, like he's 45. 40. He really does. He really does. We we rode on uh, uh, Bruce P. Rat, general from here in town, who runs P. Rats, uh, owns it. Um, he was an Oklahoma State grad, so we went out on a private plane with him when Leonard was introduced as coach at Oklahoma State in the early 80s, and he still looks the same. All right, real quickly, and I know you got to go, and we need to move along as well. So give me your final four. My final four, I have Duke out of the East, Michigan out of the West, North Carolina out of the Midwest, and Tennessee out of the South. And I actually have Tennessee playing Duke. I know people around here won't like this. Duke and Tennessee for the title game. Tennessee winning it all. Well, again, this was before Sunday, and I don't know what's going on with PJ, but I got Duke, Gonzaga. I got Kentucky, and now that I'll have to change my Kansas State pick, golly, I'm telling you, I might go Villanova. Uh, I mean, Tennessee's had a great year, but, but, you know, you look at Kentucky's losses, every time they lost – it was a last possession game, mm-hmm. except for Duke. Tennessee's just, you know, especially in the last week or so, you know, you got to wonder whether Auburn has given other teams the template on how to play them. But it, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. This is the best time of the year. I can't wait. You know, we'd love to see Kentucky cut down their ninth national title. We'll see. The health of PJ is obviously critical to that. But I think it sets up well for a big showdown in Kansas City to go to the Final Four. I would love to see Tennessee-Kentucky Part 4, and I think it would be a heck of a game if that happened. Absolutely. Alex, thanks for being with us. For those of you who are watching, you'll be able to see Alex virtually day and night, all the time on television. Day and night, morning, whatever you want to see me, I'll probably be there, especially I'm very active on social media, at Alex Walker TV. Follow along, and glad to be a part of the WKYT team. He's got he's got a sign above his door that says, we may doze, but we never close. So <laughs> you can find him That's there. That's correct. Uh, thank you for listening again to the Sports Buzz podcast. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, you can get it on iTunes and on Audio Boom. Uh, and, of course, uh, we hope that you'll tell your friends and neighbors about it as well. And until we speak again, thanks for joining us on this presentation of WKYT-TV.